you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. Amen. Well, we're in Christmas time, and we're preparing for, uh, for Christmas, and, and um, with your family and your schedule, you know all the things that have to be done uh, when it comes time uh, for Christmas, and we're all in, in the thick of it. We're all involved in, in those various things, and um, you know, today is the third Sunday of Advent, and uh, on the third Sunday of Advent, uh, there's, there's various uh, topics and things that you look at uh, in God's Word uh, to prepare yourself for us celebrating uh, Christmas on December 25th. Um, but what's going on today is, is we remember uh, the, the, the journey that the shepherds took uh, when they got the news of, of Jesus being born and, and, and the joy that they felt and the joy that they experienced with hearing this news, as we're going to look, about, look at here in a moment, but just the joy that they experienced hearing this good news to the world of, of the Savior, the Messiah who was coming to, to take away the sins of the world. Imagine that. Throughout their day and what they were involved in, they were just, as we're going to read here in just a moment, they were about their tasks and their duties, but they got this good news, and they were filled with so much joy. And this is a season of joy. And we're going to spend some time uh, looking at that, that uh, this morning. Christmas time is a time of much preparation. Yes, even in the tangible things, you know, times of, uh, of having family over, of, of maybe making some travel plans, uh, taking time, uh, some vacation time from work, preparing those special gifts for your loved ones. It's a, it's a, it's a great time of preparation. But it's a, t a time of also, uh, that, that can also be a time of stress. Now listen to this. According to the American Psychological Association, 38% of people surveyed said their stress increased during the holiday season. You're like, yeah, that's me. I'm one of those 38%, right? Uh, it says it can lead to physical illness, depression, anxiety, and substance misuse. Uh, the reasons given include lack of time, financial pressure, gift-giving, and family gatherings, things that we're all aware of, right, that we've all experienced. And, and, but it could be a time of stress. So, so we have to reconcile the fact that we think about this time as a time of joy. Like, I have to enjoy this time. I have to prepare my life and my heart to, to, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But on the, on the flip side, it's a time of stress sometimes because of all the things that we have to get done, all the things that are required of us, all the end-of-the-year things that go on. While we understand the preparations we're taking this month to celebrate Christmas with our families and our loved ones, we need to prepare our hearts, to continue to prepare our hearts this month as we near Christmas to celebrate our Lord and Savior. And while we do this every day and every day of the year, not just in December, but while we do this every day, we take time this month to celebrate that time. And we're in the holy month and we prepare our hearts and lives to celebrate all that Christmas represents. And as we do this, as we think about this, as we approach Christmas, we think of the joy that the shepherds experience, that they had the anticipation to see Jesus in Bethlehem. And yes, even before the, 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 the wise men. So let's look in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and let's see what the Bible says. The Bible says, now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone, round, uh, shone around them, and they were greatly afraid, in verse 10. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Thank you, Jesus. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. In verse 18, And all those who heard it, they marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned. Listen to this. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Praise God. I want to minister a message entitled, Good Tidings of Great Joy, this morning. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you, my God. We're so grateful for everything, God, that you've, that you've blessed us with, God. We thank you for, Father, how much you've loved us, God, and the sacrifice you've made for us, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us, uh, Lord, and we celebrate this whole month, God, and this whole year, every day of our lives, God, your birth, Lord, and Father, we thank you for, for the great work that you're doing in our life. We thank you for your love towards us, for your long-suffering, for your patience, Father God, and I pray, Lord, that you would have your way uh, this morning, Father God, uh, touch every heart, Father God, as we receive your word. We ask in Jesus' name, we all say, amen. amen. Good tidings of great Joy. Now, I believe that the, the feeling that these shepherds felt, it was, a, it, was, it was a feeling of joy. And joy is a spirit's response to God's love. As we've been walking with God if, if forever, for any amount of time in this place, if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're living for him and, and you're seeking him and you're living for him, you know what it is to feel joy, the presence and the peace of God. And that's what these shepherds felt. You think back of the things that God's done in your life, how he saved you, how he redeemed you, how he changed you. The things, the direction that you, were, that you and I were headed at one time. Had it, meant, had it not been for God to step in with his love and grace to, to change the course of our life, we were on a road of destruction. Can you say amen? A road that was destitute, that was, that was leading towards destruction and grief and despair. But by God's grace, he loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And that's what we celebrate this month, the birth of Jesus, because of God's grace and God's love. And I, and I know we've heard this story, but we have to ever be reminded, brother and sister, of God's goodness and grace in our lives. We have so much to be appreciative for this season. Can you say amen? We have so much to be thankful for. Now, perhaps you may be among the 38% this season that is feeling the stress, the stress and anxiety and pressure that this season can bring. But when we contemplate and we consider and we remember the joy of the Lord and, the, and God's joy in our life, it'll bring things in right perspective and right place in our life. And that's the first thing that I, that I want to look at is that the joy of the Lord keeps things in their rightful place. 
If we stay focused on Him this month and every day and every month in this, in this year, in this coming year, things will stay in their rightful place. See, every day things are, are, are just desiring to, to, to topple the priority that you have in Christ. You know, I think about, I think about my, my day at work, right? I can go into to work and I'm thinking, okay, these are the deadlines that I have to meet. These are the priorities that I have to set. And, when, and, and many times when I show up, I, and I'll even make a list, see, these are the things that I have to do. But things come out of left field sometimes. Other fires come up that you have to address that you can't, you can't let go, uh, you can't let any more time pass. You have to address those things. So in a way, all the priorities that, that we had set and, and the way that I had my, my day structured, that can change many times because of new things that arise. And see, there are seasons in our lives where, where, where Jesus is right there. He's priority. He's number one. We're, we're focusing on him. But sometimes things come out of left field, and there's a temptation for us to, to put him on the shelf and feel that we have to address these things and sacrifice our relationship with Christ. But the joy of the Lord keeps things in their rightful place. Now, in our story, in our text, these shepherds returned with joy. And we have to ask why. As we look in our text in Luke 2.20, it says, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things. Was it all the, was it all the money they received? Was it a promotion at their job? Was it, was it a promotion at work with title? Was it, uh, was it a change in situation in their life? No. What was the reason they were so filled with joy? For all the things that they heard and seen as it was told them. See, they were seeing the will of God transpire right before their very eyes. What was spoken into their life, that's what brought joy. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. See, brother and sister, we can't be looking for finances and material gain as our source of joy. We'll be defeated and let down every time. We can't be looking for the approval of, of mankind in our lives for our source of joy. No, we'll be let down every time. But as we look to the Word of God, to God's will being fulfilled in our lives, as, we are, or as we're able to see that transpire in our lives, there comes the joy, I believe. Because of the beautiful things that God is doing in our lives, how He's called us, how He's saved us and changed us, what He's called us to be a part of, His very will, that brings joy. And I believe that the shepherds returned with that joy and that glorifying and praising God because of that. Now we read in our text that they were in the fields. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a tough job. They were out there in the fields by night, keeping watch over their flock. And I could imagine being a shepherd is not an easy job. There's no time that they can rest. They always have to keep their eyes open. And there's something to be said about their character and how faithful they were. But nevertheless, despite their hard job, their difficult way of life, they were joyful. Why? Because of what they heard, saw, and what was told them, the will of God. See, despite the circumstances that we're in, and yes, maybe even the, despite the circumstances you're in this month, this Christmas season, we have joy, the joy of the Lord. And we remember in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, that the Bible says, as it's talking about Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. The joy that was set before him. Now, how can you have the word joy and cross and crucifixion in the same sentence? 
According to man, it's impossible. But Jesus desired just to do the will of his Father. And the Bible says, who for the joy set before him, yes, he endured the cross. What hardship are you in this morning? What difficulty are you facing? What circumstances and trial has come your way? Yes, maybe even out of left field. You can still be joyful this morning as you keep your eyes on Christ and understand that the will of God is being done in your life and that brings such joy. We have to stay focused on God and His Son Jesus through this season. Thank you, Jesus. So that we can walk in the joy of the Lord every day. Every day. Yes, even when we hear children crying. Your children cry, you can have joy no matter what. (laughs) Amen. To walk in the will of the Lord, this brings joy. There's so many things that we can get distracted on this season. To lose sight. To get lost. But every moment, look up. Remember. Remember the things that you have heard. Remember the things that you have seen and what was told to you. Remember what you've been taught. Remember what the Lord has done in your life. That's the joy. Thank you, Jesus. Being in God's will brings joy and gladness in our lives. Now, we look at another passage this morning as we, as we look about, uh, at the nativity and God's plan unfolding in Scripture beautifully, beautifully before our eyes. We have the account, the beautiful account of the lives of Mary, of her cousin Elizabeth, of John the Baptist, and Jesus. Now, in this story, Zacharias was the father of John the Baptist, and Zacharias was a priest. And his wife, Mary was, uh, his wife Elizabeth, was Mary's cousin. Now, as Zacharias was a priest, he was, he was doing his priestly duties as in every previous day. And that moment, he was visited by an angel of the Lord, which we're going to read here in just a moment. But what stands out to me in this passage, as we're going to see, is he, as he was doing his priestly duties, the things that God called him to do. And on a particular day, at the right moment that God had decided in eternity, he, an angel of the Lord was coming to visit Zacharias. See, brother and sister, when you feel you're being faithful to what God's called you to do, the ministry, the ministry maybe inside the four walls of the church, the ministry outside of this church, maybe your family doing what God's called you to do, they're being faithful at your job, with your family being a good example. Don't get discouraged at being faithful to what God's called you because you never know when. And I'll let you fill in the blank. You never know when that visitation is going to happen in your life, when things can be changed, when God is going to to change the course of your life in in a matter of, of a moment in a good way. You never know. Keep being faithful where God's called you to be. Zacharias was faithful. Now in Luke chapter 1 verse 11, the Bible says as as he appeared uh, to Zacharias, it says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. It's talking about John the Baptist. Now look at what it says in verse 14. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Here came the word of God to Zacharias. The word of God from the angel. 
And the Bible says, he told him that you will have joy and gladness. And I believe there's, there's many different reasons why the joy was going to fall on, on his heart. But because the will of God was being fulfilled, and Zacharias had a part to play in the, in the will of God there. And raising up John the Baptist to be who John the Baptist was, a powerful man of God in the, in the word of God. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. The, the will of God was being fulfilled in Zacharias' life, in his family. See, the Bible says in Psalm 16, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Jesus. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Now, Zacharias was called to raise John the Baptist, who was called the forerunner of Christ. In John 1, 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So we read about the powerful John the Baptist and who he was to be a forerunner, to prepare the hearts of people for the coming of Christ. But let's look before that. Let's look at his father, Zacharias. The angel told him, you will have joy and gladness. Think about the children that you're raising, the children that I'm raising. Little do we know how God wants to use their life. Little do we know the power that God will fill them with, how God will use them in this world. And we talked about Zacharias just being faithful to his duties and his tasks and the ordinary things that, that every day he had to get up and he had to be faithful to what God called him to do. If you're a parent in this place, there's no, no greater ministry than that. Raising up children, children, leading them, teaching them about the word of God. Teaching them about the things of God. Leading them, leading them in the right path so that they can make an impact in this world, world for Jesus Christ. Little do we know. Man, little do we know the impact that you're making by being patient with them, by loving them, by teaching them the word of God. Now as we go a little further in Luke chapter 1, in verse 39, we have the account of Mary and her cousin Elizabeth. Here we're seeing the joy that's being found from the will of God being fulfilled in, in these lives that we're reading about here. Luke 1.39, Now Mary arose in those days and went uh, into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Okay, so get the picture here. Here's Mary, and she's going to, to, to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now listen to this in verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. Isn't that powerful? The babe leaped in her, her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She was declaring the glory of God. She was declaring that in the womb of Mary was the Son of God, her Savior. Verse 44, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, listen to this, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Thank you, Jesus. 
Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Thank you, Jesus. See, we're seeing the will of God being fulfilled here, being unraveled before our very eyes, a beautiful story, this beautiful account. And what are we reading about? We're reading about joy. It wasn't tied to, again, the material things that they had or didn't have. It wasn't tied to any of that. It was tied to the will of God being fulfilled in their lives and them being a part of it. Brother and sister, God is doing something great in your life. He's doing something great in your family. And sometimes we can see it, but many times... You might be left scratching your head like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my family, Lord? I've been praying for my children. I've been praying for my loved ones. God, what are you doing? Have faith and understand, brother and sister, that God is at work, that God is working, that God is moving behind the scenes, that the Holy Spirit is working on the hearts and lives of our loved ones as we pray for them. God's moving. It should bring joy this season to you and I. You might be stressed out. We got about a week, we got a week to go here for, for Christmas, and you might, you might be stressed with all the things that you have to do. And yes, get those things done. God will help you get those things done, but be joyful in this time for you're part of the work of God. God is faithful. What does the Bible tell us? That he's faithful to, to complete the work that he begun in, you, begun in you. Amen. He's faithful. You're part of the will of God. God's doing something great in your life. And, and this is just a message, too, for, for anyone that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the reason why you have to be involved, why you have to accept that gift this Christmas time. Because being part of the will of God brings joy like no other. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's a time of joy. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he is regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. When God's will is being done in your life, you have to rejoice in that. You need no other reason to rejoice other than that. If you have Jesus in your life, God's working in your life, rejoice because of that. Thank God for that. Everything else is icing on the cake. Goodness, all the other blessings. And it doesn't stop there. And if it did stop there, we'd have enough to be thankful for, for and appreciative this season. But God is not about stopping right there. God is about doing continued great works in our life, about redemption, about salvation for our loved ones, about blessing our lives. It brings good pleasure to our Heavenly Father to continue to do that good work in your life. But if you feel that you're down and out, if you feel that you're struggling this season, if you wish that the situation can turn and things can get better, continue to pray for that. But I'll tell you what, if you have Jesus, you have enough to be thankful for this morning. Amen. Amen. God is doing something in your life. And how do we know this? Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things the good times, the bad times, the smiles, the tears, the laughter, the pain, no matter what it is, all things work out for the good. And if you stand on the word of God this season and you continue to believe and you hold on, hold fast to what he's given you, 
You're going to be shining at the other side of this thing. It may be a hard saying right now. You might not understand it. But according to God's word, not according to me, but right here, your promise is Romans 8, 28, that all things are going to work out for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, we understand that his joy keeps everything in perspective. We understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and this is something that we have to keep near and dear to our heart this season. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the words here that Nehemiah spoke to the people of God as they had just completed building the, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, and they faced much opposition, many trials. But he says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. This Christmas season, remember that we are children of God. And as we live by his word and we work to live according to his will, we can live with the joy that he promises us and provides us. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And as I start to segue towards our altar call, not quite yet, but as, as we think about joy, you know, there's a great joy that follows after repentance. And in this passage here in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, this is the essence of what Nehemiah was saying, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And yes, joy follows after repentance, and it also follows after grief. There's something beautiful about the sinner who is in grief, who is regretful for their sin. Why? Because it yields fruits of repentance. We're saying, Pastor Matt, I thought we were talking about joy. But yes, when a sinner repents from their sins, there's joy that comes from that decision. When there is a deep sorrow for one's sins, and one turns from their sins, and they turn towards Christ, and they forsake their sin, there is a joy that comes because of the fruits of repentance. See, where there is no grief for the sin that we've committed, there's no real repentance. Now in Psalms 35, this is a, a portion of scripture that we've heard before. It says, for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. That's good news. Can you say amen? Amen. His favor lasts for a lifetime. We're thankful for his favor. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. The one who's in this place that has not surrendered to Christ I urge you, I, I compel you this morning to make that decision. Repent of your sins. The ones that are watching online, that repentance brings joy. True joy because we have turned from our sins and we turn towards Christ. And it doesn't mean that we're then going to be perfect each and every day. No, but that we strive to, to seek Him and serve Him and we turn away from our sins. This is when weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Now, Charles Spurgeon said this about the repentant heart as he sheds light a little deeper into Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, where he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, now that they were penitent or repentant and sincerely turned to their God, they were bidden to rejoice. As certain fabrics need to be dampened before they will take the glowing colors with which they are to be adorned, adorned so our spirits need, to be, need the bedewing of repentance before they can receive the radiant color of delight. 
The glad news of the gospel can only be printed on wet paper. Have you ever seen clearer shining than that which follows a rain shower? Then the sun transformed the raindrops into gems. The flowers look up with fresher smiles and faces glittering from their refreshing bath. And the birds from among the dripping branches sing with notes more rapturous because they have paused a while. So when the soul has been saturated with the rain of penitence or repentance, the clear shining of forgiving love makes the flowers of gladness blossom all around. The steps by which we ascend to the palace of delight are usually moist with tears. Grief for sin is a porch of the house beautiful where the guests are full of the joy of the Lord. I hope then that the mourners to whom this discourse shall come will discover and enjoy the meaning of that divine benediction in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Repentance. The one who's in this place and you haven't surrendered to Christ, surrender today and experience the joy of the Lord, experience the goodness that God has for you. Don't believe the lie that, God, that, that the devil has told you to, to run the other way, that, that you are a sinner and you have no business in the presence of God. See, if we listen to the lie long enough, we're going to believe it and we're going to continue to run the opposite direction when God is saying, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. As we think about this Christmas time and this season, we think about the birth of Jesus Christ and what was the purpose of it? Ultimately, so that he could be the sacrifice for you and I. That was the end of that birth. It's a time to rejoice, a time to thank God for the beautiful salvation, the gift that he's given us. And for those of us who have received that gift, who have received that gift of salvation and opened that gift, we're now in the presence of God. We're walking in the joy of the Lord. But the one who has yet to do that, I compel you today, this Christmas time, make that decision. Receive the greatest gift of all, and you'll experience the joy of the Lord. So as the worship team makes their way up and as we conclude this message, we understand and we remember that joy in our life, it keeps things in their rightful place. It keeps God number one in our lives. Secondly, being in God's will brings joy and gladness. And lastly, we understand that his joy is our strength. I think back of the early, early days of my salvation as a young, as a young teenager, teenager, 14 years old, experiencing this joy that I'm talking about. That there is a freshness of life. There is a newness of life. There is a sense of purpose. There is a sense of, of, of joy, of, of being part of the will of God. It was the best thing in the world, and to this day, it's the best thing in the world. And believer, Think back on those times when things were fresh, when you had received Christ, and just being part of the work of God, being involved in the will of God brought such joy. Let that never change. And if somehow you've lost sight, you have to refocus. And I'm not going to say that you've lost that joy because I believe as, as children of God, you have it. But sometimes we lose focus. 
Sometimes we let the other priorities trump what God wants to do in our life. You have the joy. You have Jesus. You have the best thing that you need this Christmas season in each and every day of the year. But sometimes we get stressed out. We get so busy. We lose focus. But there has to be a time where you just stop everything and remember that He is the one that has called us. He's the one that we desire to please. And as we do that, we'll experience this joy in our life. In the movie, The Polar Express, a young, bro a young boy wrestles with the question, is Santa for real? Because of his disbelief, disbelief, he can't hear the jingle of Santa's sleigh bells. But as he finds it in his heart, if you've ever seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about, The Polar Express. As he finds it in his heart to believe, believe, he says, believe, he, begin, he begins to hear those mag the magical sound of Santa's sleigh bells again. And this morning, my friend, the one who has come into this place and perhaps you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ, I pray that you hear the sound, the pleading from the Word of God and realize that the opportunity that you have before you is to accept the greatest gift of all. That's a gift of salvation. You have to make that choice. You have to receive it. And in Romans 15, 13, the Bible says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy and peace. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.